Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Friday, April the 8th, and I know it's a surprise to some of you. I am Dr. Kamala D. I am the host and teacher of Learning Bible Truth. I was supposed to share episode three this weekend, Saturday or either Sunday, but because I will be so busy working Saturday and Sunday, there is no way I would be able to share this episode. The only chance I have without extending it until next weekend is today. And I got off work early today, so I said I might as well share it. And I have another surprise. I hope some of you are not upset, but I've decided to add an episode four. And and it's for good reason. It's for good reason. And as we conclude episode three, I will share the reason. So we ended episode two with me sharing the amount of years that the Lord uh, gave us to live on earth. And this is man in general. However, um, in order for you to claim that inheritance, because it is an inheritance, we have to accept and confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Okay. And then we have to do what the word says do. That's it. That's how we can claim that long, satisfying life. And then and only then will Satan no longer have the ability to lord death over us. Now, episode three, I will talk about uh, setting an appointment with death because we all have an appointment with death. Now, once you have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, like I just said, You have an inheritance from God promising you at least 70 to 80 years at the minimum. You can live long past 70 to 80 years if you have the faith to believe God for 120 years that he promised in Genesis 6-3. Now, I also believe that if, if you are not fully satisfied with your life and you are living according to the word of God, we do have recordings in this time that there are some people that live past 120. Now it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean they are saved because you got to remember Satan only chases God's people. He don't bother his. And sometimes, you know, that point that a person can't reach that appointment with death Because God is allowing them to live, even though he is the giver of life, not the taker of life, so that they can accept his son, Jesus. Because just because you are 120 or maybe 121 or 125 doesn't mean you are saved. You are not saved according to your age. Okay, we need to understand that. Now, eventually, 
we are going to die. Some people don't like to hear that, but you need to hear it. Eventually, we are going to die. Now, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, this is the New King James version. And I think I will be using the New King James version throughout this episode. And if I, if I switch to another version just to quote a scripture, I'll let you guys know. So I don't have to keep repeating which version of the Bible I'm reading. I will be reading from the New King James unless I say otherwise. So Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Now, in other words, you are actually, or we actually have an appointment with death. And we can't cancel it. We can't change it. We are not going to live forever in this body. So I am certainly not saying that you can avoid death indefinitely. What I am suggesting is that unlike before you accepted and confessed Jesus as, as a Lord and Savior in your life, there no longer is any need for you to have fear of death because now you have some control over it. Control in the sense that Satan can no longer dictate the length of your days. Because like I said a few minutes ago, that it's Satan chasing God's people because he walks about seeking whom he may devour. Because Jesus has rendered inoperative Satan's power over death. Uh-huh, and that means Satan power over you if you are in Christ. So if you choose life by confessing and doing what, what the word of God says... Satan no longer has that power over you. Okay. You need to understand that. Now, since the scripture says, not me, the scripture says it is appointed for men to die once. This means that as a Christian, you can set your own appointment, you know, so to speak. Now, as a matter of fact, and I can, I wish I can see some of your faces because some people have been misled in these scriptures so long or just not being told the, the true meaning of life in these scriptures. When they hear it for the first time, they just look baffled. Mm-mm. If we are dealing with the God who created the heavens and the earth and everything in it, why on earth he can't allow you to live to see 120? Think about that. So when you are ready for something, it is hard for fear to come in and destroy your peace about it. So that's why right now I want to talk a little bit about fear. You should no longer have fear of dying. Not if you are in Christ. I know I'm not. I have no fear whatsoever to die because I know where I'm going. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. I know that I will be in the bosom of Christ. So I believe this is why the scripture says, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, right after it declares that Jesus came to, to destroy him who had the power of death, that is what was said in the scriptures. It says, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, once you recognize that you do have a say in when you die, fear of death will become a thing of the past. I need to let that sink in. 
Mm-hmm. Fear of death will be a thing of the past. Now, if we go back to Proverbs 18:21, which is so important, you can see that what I have been saying is true, especially those who are listening for the first time. I um, advise you to go back and listen to episodes one and two and, and then three and four will be the final episode. I can promise that because four, I'm just going to share a bunch of scriptures about dying before your time. Proverbs 18:21 confirms that you control whether you live or die. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Listen now, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now this scripture says that death and life are in the power of your tongue, not in the hand of Satan. So death is not just arbitrary. You can and do have a say in when you die. In fact, it is by the words of your mouth that you set your appointment with death. Oh my, my, I know this is powerful, but just because you haven't heard it before doesn't mean it's not true. I will tell you this, doctors, they have so much to remember. They go to medical school. They are constantly studying. They are not no different from you. They are human. And if they forget something, they have what they call a uh, physician desk reference. They go in that book and search out some information that they need to remind them. If we need to understand or want to know about how God feels about us and um, what is our appointment or when is our appointment with death, we need to reference the Bible. Not your church denominational uh, traditions. You need to reference the Bible. Now, the Bible says either you are speaking life to your life, putting off your appointment with death, or you are speaking death to your life by confessing the negative circumstances you see or have been told about yourself. That is so important, saints, because I want to ask y'all this. And y'all have the ability to send me questions through the podcast you are listening on. There's a section there where you can send questions or make a comment. Why would you accept the negativity that people say about you? Or if you see some negative circumstances in your life, why are you confessing that instead of confessing God's word about you? I am the head and not the tail. I am healed by Jesus's stripes. I am healed. I believe I'm healed. Doesn't matter what the doctor tells me. Now, what we should never do is deny that something is wrong with us. Because if you deny, because I hear some people saying that, no, I don't have cancer, but yet you've been diagnosed with it. Saying you don't have it is not going to make it go away. God's word says by Jesus stripes, you are healed. So you just need to say, I believe I'm healed. The word of God says by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. So I believe I'm healed. I will not let Satan Lord cancer over me. No, I'm not going to do it. I believe I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. That's what your confession needs to be. There's nothing negative about that. That's all positive. Instead of walking around saying the doctor says I have cancer and I have a year to live. Since when can man set your appointment with death? The Bible says death and life is in the power of your tongue. And if you receive negative, uh, negative comments about yourself in your spirit, well, then there's nothing I can do about that. 
There's nothing the word of God can do about that. You can't be, go around receiving just anything anybody says about you. Doesn't matter what people say about me. They always after God's ministers. I don't receive any of it. As a matter of fact, I, look, in that sense, I'm very arrogant. Doesn't matter what you say about me. I'm a child of God. Not only a child of God, I've been chosen by God to teach his word. That's an honor and it's a privilege. Yeah. That's an honor and it's a privilege. So by agreeing with your negative situation, you give Satan the cooperation and the foothold that he needs to come into your life and kill you because he want to, he want all of God's children to die early, even though you going to heaven. And yes, there's scriptures just to support that just because you give Satan a foothold doesn't mean you're going to hell. You will end your life. Yeah. You will cut your life off, but you still going to heaven. And as a matter of fact, um, I think I'm going to share that scripture with you before this episode ends because I need to uh, at least relieve some of that pressure off of some of y'all. It still doesn't mean you're going to hell. You're still going to heaven if you truly, truly accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, you are setting your appointment with death sooner rather than later when you give Satan a foothold. Now, when now, so I guess you might say, when should you make your appointment with death? And I will tell you this. Do you remember that the spirit of the Lord says in Psalms 91, 16, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my, my salvation. So God is saying with long life, not short life, not cut off in the prime of your life. But the Lord does not stop there, saints. The word of God continues. It says you should be satisfied. So now look, I'm going out on the limb with this. This is just my opinion. But I mean, the word of God says you should be satisfied. So I'm saying that if you are not satisfied, just keep on living. You still have an appointment with death. Just keep on living until you can just die peacefully in your sleep at a ripe old, old age without any diseases or infirmities. You don't have to have anything to die. You can just die at a ripe old age in your sleep. Next thing you know, you wake up with Jesus. <laughs> so I believe you should not set your appointment with death until you have enjoyed a long life and are completely satisfied with that life. Now, if this were not possible, then God would be a respecter of persons. Now, he would be a respecter of persons that demonstrate partiality because some people live long and, and satisfying lives while others die at an early age. Uh-huh. So it is unfortunate that most people died long before they are satisfied. They let death tell them when it is time for them to go. Now, if you ask me, they have been robbed now, I do not believe the devil has the right to kill a Christian whenever he sees fit because the scripture says Jesus came to destroy him who had the power of death and that is Satan. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 2.14. So I am not about to let the devil kill me whenever he decides to do it. He tried to get me once when, when I had that stroke, but he couldn't do it. My faith stood strong and I talked to the Lord Jesus the entire time until EMS and law enforcement came and got me because I was home by myself, but God gave me enough strength to dial 911 from my cell phone. And when that voice told me, you're going to be just fine. I never looked back, never looked back. 
hard work and dedication, and I am doing fine. So like I said, I am not about to let, let the devil kill me just because, I, you know, I'm a child of God and, and I may on occasion give him a foothold, but I know how to jump right back in the word of God and in the will of God. So I choose to believe and act on God's word, not my circumstances, not the way I feel, not the church traditions, and not even my family experience. Because I would tell you this, uh, strokes run through my family, heart attacks run through my family. So why the buck can't stop here? No, I'm not going to continue that tradition because that's not a tradition from God. That may be a health tradition and by, you know, uh, family speaking circumstances. Well, you know, strokes and heart attacks and high blood pressure, pressure and hypertension run in our family. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to continue. I choose to believe God's word. Yeah, that he will give me a long, satisfying life and will show me his salvation. Yes, that's what I choose to believe. So you can break that trend in the family. Yeah, break that hole. So like I said, I choose to believe the word of God, okay, over my circumstances. So I realize what I am sharing with you is not traditional. It is not denominational. And it certainly is not theological. It's not theological thinking. Let me say that. It is unorthodox, but it's scriptural. Most people, you know, start shaking their heads when you talk about death because they have been trained. Listen to this. Let's just hope it's not you. They have been trained to accept that death is inevitable and arbitrary. Yeah, they have been trained to accept that. So if you've been trained to accept something that's wrong, you can be, be untrained from it. Yeah, God, they, they are told that God is the, you know, is the one most often blamed for your death. Yeah, that's what some people are being told. And some people decide to believe it because they refuse to believe that the devil is running loose. But those same, same people who think God is killing people and taking people lives also all, all walk around saying that the devil is a liar. Okay, which is it? Does the devil exist or, or he don't? Uh, which one is it? So if the devil does exist, why are you blaming God for something the devil does? You are confused. That's why. And the devil is enjoying the fact that you are confused about God's word because that's his MO. If I can confuse them about the word, I can get them to stop believing anything God says and then just start believing what their, their flesh is telling them to do. Cause don't forget your flesh will support you while you sin. I need to say that again. Your flesh will support you while you sin. Because if you feel good about sinning and, and a voice is telling you, no, it's okay. You are saved by grace through faith. Okay, that's true. You are saved by grace through faith and not by how many sins you did not commit. Because you can't even count how many sins you didn't, that you didn't commit. You can't even count how many sins you committed. But I will tell you this, the wages of sin is still death. And the Bible clearly tells us that anything that's not of faith is sin. And there is no sin that is smaller or bigger than another. None. The wages of sin, period, is still death. So even though we are not saved by how many sins we commit or how many sins we didn't commit or how many sins we confess, you know, because you can't confess all of them because anything that is not of faith is sin. 
So I'll say this again. You, uh, most people think that, you know, it's nothing they can do about death. They can just hope they make it through because they don't think you can, you know, fight with God. But the scriptures say this is not the case at all. You are not fighting God. Remember that that's what people are forgetting. You are not fighting God. You are just denying Satan any right to steal your life. Okay. Your inheritance in God's word promises you at least three score years and 10, that's 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years, which is 80 years. And that's written in, um, I just quoted the, the King James translation, not the new King James, the, the, the traditional King James translation in Psalms 90, 10. But because Satan is such a thief, he will still try to take your life before you are, are 70 years old. He taking, you know, lives at, at, at birth. He'll take in 10 year old and 15 year olds and 20 year olds and 25 year olds and 30 year olds because they have no clue. A lot of people not saved. You're not saved because you 12 years old. If you are 12 years old and you know right from wrong and you haven't accepted Christ, you going to hell when you die early. Okay, you are going straight to hell when you die early and people don't like to hear that. But God's ministers and teachers are supposed to be the ones to tell you this. My remember this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's Hosea 4 and 6. So if you want to receive your full inheritance of a long and satisfying life, you have to study everything and do all you know to do spiritually, physically and mentally. It is not enough to just say the will of the Lord be done. You are giving yourself or giving the devil a foothold right there. Just saying the will of the Lord be done. You have to know what the will of the Lord is. Yeah. Even when Jesus said, not my will, but your will Lord be done. He knew exactly why he was saying it. He was saying, if is there any other way, take this cup from me. Jesus knew what he was saying. He already knew it was the will of the Lord. That was his flesh kicking in. Yeah, that was his flesh kicking in. So it ain't enough for us to be walking around saying, well, if, if it's God's will, the will of the Lord is for you to know and do his word because his word is his will. They are synonymous. Okay. You cannot put off on God what he has given, given you responsibility for doing. Now, contrary to the popular cliche, ignorance is not bliss, honey. You need to know that there are certain spiritual and, and natural laws God set in place at the foundation of the world. And you have to know what these laws are because if you violate any of them, whether knowingly or unknowingly, there's a price that you will have to pay. And it's just simple as that. Any judge will tell you that ignorance of the law, simply, you know, not knowing the law is no excuse. Uh-uh. You can't go into a court of law saying, uh, judge, I didn't know that if I parked 15 feet away from the fire hydrant or within 15 feet within um, the fire hydrant that it was a break in the law. It doesn't matter. You still getting that ticket. Yeah, you are still liable for having broken the law and you are going to have to pay one way or the other. Now, payday is coming because Satan is right there to see to it that payday is coming for you. Now, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 10, that he is the accuser of the brethren. 
Who? Satan. Satan is the, the accuser of the brethren. That's us. He is the accuser of the Christians, always telling God what we have done. Now, inevitably, when you start to talk about, you know, the importance of applying spiritual and natural laws in your life, someone will say, well, what about those people who live to be over a hundred years old and, and they all are doing all sorts of ungodly stuff or are not physically taking care of themselves. Now, first of all, the devil is not after anyone who is not a threat to his do dominion or his kingdom. Okay. While on earth. Now, secondly, he will let just enough of these types of people live long lives. So the majority of people will be fooled into thinking that it doesn't matter how you live. You have to keep in mind the devil ain't after his own and age doesn't make you save. Satan got people out here 102 years old. Satan have people out here 90 years old, 80 years old, 85 years old, 75 years old, living past 70. Uh-huh. Now you may know someone who, you know, uh, has been drinking 12 cups of coffee a day for at least 50 years and is still living at 105 years old. Yet doctors are saying today that too much coffee can kill you. And if you drink just the right amount of coffee, you know, you can prolong your life. So the best thing to do is not listen to man because man is all over the place. Just listen to God. Okay. But make no mistake about it. Satan will come after you if you look like somewhat of a threat to his kingdom. And, and then you become a threat to him when you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior. Satan will be on your case all the time, waiting for you to open a door into your life so that he can come in and wreak havoc. Okay. And the Bible is clear. If you keep resisting the devil, he will flee from you, you know, cause he don't want to keep messing with someone who's not falling prey to him. You really have to, you know, bone up or, or man up on everything and do all you know to do spiritually, physically, and mentally. Ignorance does not pay. It does not pay saints. So another thing we need to talk about, you are not your body. Yeah, we are getting ready to get very spiritual. Now, death in of itself is not something for the Christian to fear at all. So I want you to take another look at what Paul said in Philippians chapter one, verses 21 through 24. And this is the new King James version saints. Paul says for me to live in Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell for I am hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Those apostles and, and those uh, disciples really needed Paul. Paul encouraged them in the Lord every day. So Paul said to die is gain. That's what I want you to focus on. How in the world can death possibly be a gain if death is the end of conscience existence. Now, something that is non-existent would not, in my humble opinion, be a gain over conscious existence. So obviously death cannot be the end. What Paul goes on to say assures us of this in verse 22. He says, but if I live on in the flesh, 
This will mean fruit from my labor, yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. So Paul is making a distinction here between himself and his body or his flesh. Excuse me. Paul, in in essence, is saying that he is not his body. So allow me to paraphrase so, so you can get a better picture or understanding of the revelation Paul is sharing here. So if I say that I live in New York, you can see that New York is not me and that I am not New York. So think of the flesh. Paul is talking about as New York and think of um, him or me as being Paul. But if I live on in the flesh, okay, the flesh is New York. It's just like my saying, if I live in New York, so you see, I, Dr. Kamala D and the flesh, which is the body are separate entities. Okay. The body and the flesh are, are separate entities. Let's say my body, which is the flesh and my spirit man are two different things. So your flesh or your physical body is just the house you live in. That's what New York is. Um, and New York is a city I may, you know, I might choose to live in, but when Paul says, I, he is talking about the real him. He's talking about his spirit man. The point Paul is making is that his fleshly body is just what he is living in at that moment. And he has a say about his flesh. Yeah, this is spiritual. And remember, Paul is not divine. Paul is just a, an apostle chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ who was anointed, just like we are if we are in Christ. We all have an anointing on us. Now, the house he is living in, Paul has a choice as to whether or not he wants to remain living in that house, which is his body. Now, I also want to see or, or want you to see that Paul did not just say, if I live. Uh-uh, that's not what Paul said. No, he qualified this. Paul said, if I live on, he's talking about if he continues to live or if he choose to continue on living. So you see, Paul was faced not with a choice as to whether he is going to continue living, but whether he wanted to continue living in his flesh and in his blood, which is his body. Now this lets you know that when you physically die, your flesh and blood body dies. But the real you, your spirit man, is going to continue living. So Paul was saying that death can be a gain. So if you have accepted Jesus Christ, this is in Romans 10, 9, and 10. And y'all know I always share this invite at the end of all my episodes. If you want to continue um, living, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, in like I said in Romans 10, 9, and 10, as a Christian, this life that you are going to continue living must somehow be better. Okay. It, it has to be better for Paul goes on to add in verse 23, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. My Lord, my Lord. Yet there are many people who fear death today. I mean, fear. I was just watching a show before I started this episode. It's called I Survived. Some of you may have heard of it. And this lady allowed someone to do horrible things to her. 
She was kidnapped. Horrible things to her, begging them to let her live. Do whatever you want, but live. No, no. It's better to suffer for that which is good than to suffer for that which is bad. Oh my God, the things that this man did to her, I don't know how she was brave enough. May God bless her. But not one time did she give God the credit for her survival. Not one time. And this man did things to her that's unimaginable. I don't know how she survived it other than God allowed her to survive, but she never gave him the credit. Uh-uh. She never gave him the credit. And many people fear death. In fact, they are being robbed of, of their lives because of their fear of dying. Now, I know from personal experience, and you guys know that I talked about my um, stroke when I had it uh, March 7th of 2021, last year. Yeah, I just had that anniversary. And I'm telling you, I immediately remembered the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, how can you remember the word of God? How can you know his promises? I, the first thing came out of my mouth was, God, you said you will never leave me or forsake me. You said by Jesus stripes, I am healed. And to make that healing man manifest, you have to have faith to make it manifest. Okay, so I my faith kicked in and I knew I would be okay. But for some reason, I also knew that I was going to have to go through the motions. But I said, I know Jesus is with me. He said he'll never leave me or forsake me. So he's going to be with me throughout this whole ordeal. And he was, I felt his presence. Yeah. And if you see me today, I had to go teach a uh, crisis prevention class today. That's why I'm home early. And uh, you see me today, you will say, no, you didn't have no stroke. No, yes, I did. What you're looking at is the miracle of God. That's what you're looking at. If you see most people, there are some uh, effects that are still visible. But if you see me, you wouldn't know I had a stroke until I told you. And I'm proud to tell you because I'm not proud of the stroke. I'm proud to tell you that God is still a healer. I'm living proof that God is still a healer. So if God were in the business of taking lives, he would not have to take the life of a pilot just to take my life in an airplane crash. So if you truly believe that God is the giver of life, why are so many Christians afraid to fly? Now we all know Aretha Franklin was one of the greatest singers ever to grace this earth and also one of the greatest gospel singers. She did both. She straddled the fence. She sung earthly music and she sang spiritual music and she sang the gospel. Cause she sang amazing grace beautifully and, uh, inspirational and spiritual music is not the same as the gospel, but it's okay. But she straddled the fence. But do, did you also know that Aretha Franklin was afraid to fly? Yes. That's one of the reasons she never, uh, went overseas when she was invited. They were going to pay for everything and give her hundreds of thousands of dollars, possibly millions to come sing. But she refused to go because a lot of places overseas, you can only get there by plane. You can't even get there by water. And she refused to go. And another reason why um, she didn't want to go to Whitney Houston's funeral is because she didn't want to fly. Yeah, she didn't want to fly. So now that we know who the real enemy of death is, there's no reason that you and I should be afraid of death. There's no reason why you and I should give the devil a foothold. And there's no reason 
why you and I just can't abide by God's word so that we can have a long and satisfying life. Not even in the face of impending disaster should we have fear into our bodies. Mm -mm. Nope, not at all. Not at all. So I see no reason why you and I should not believe God for the very highest level that can possibly be obtained in this life. Now, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, obtaining the very best God has for you and me, especially enjoying a long and satisfying life, is not hard, saints, and it shouldn't be hard. Now, because this ground is cursed, we, cursed, we are going to run through some bumps now. Oh yeah, there's no uh, getting around that. We are going to run through some turbulence, some temptations, trials, and tests. But if we stick with the word of God, we will not give Satan a foothold because remember we are still in his flesh and we, uh, you know, we are aging. This body is dying. It's just that we should not be dying before the age of 70, but this body is actually dying. We have not received a new body yet. And none of the saints of old have received their bodies yet. We all will receive our bodies at the same time. And that is at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he come today, while we are still in these old ailing bodies, we will re immediately receive a new body along with the, the saints of old. And if we happen to pass away before the Lord Jesus returns a second time, and I just did a whole series about that. You know, the son, do you know the signs of the second coming of the Messiah? We will receive our new bodies once he returns that second time. But until then, we will be resting in the bosom of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the very end of Psalm 91, the spirit of the Lord leaves no room for doubting that the father God is prepared to bless his children with a long and satisfying life. But you are not likely to live such a life as long as you buy into the way things have always been and what people say. You got to get away from that denominational teaching and you need to listen to the word of God. Do you hear me saints? You need to listen to the word of God. Now, what happens next? Now you will stay at home and, and, and what will you end up doing? Chances are not much of anything because you have conditioned yourself to believe that you are now at the age where you cannot do a whole lot. Most people think because they're in their 50s and they're in their 60s, that's it. No, uh -uh, you can keep living. You can keep living a long, satisfying life. Oh, I'm at the age now my bones are hurting. Next thing you know, their bones are hurting. Oh, well, you know, when people get in their 60s, people get in their 70s, they get in their 60s, things start to break down. No, you're, I be saying to myself when people say, talk like that in front of me, I literally be saying to myself, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. No, your bones are going to break down, not mine. That's what I actually say to myself when I hear people talking like that, because I'm not receiving that. Uh-uh. You can limit your, let's say your quality of life by talking like that as well. Uh-huh. So saints, let me give you some encouragement before we end this series. I talked about, let me pull this scripture up. I talked about Look, if a believer happens to die before their time, and when I say that, I mean before the age 70, 
it does not mean they are going to hell. They, they are still going to heaven. And I'm talking about a true believer. Uh-huh. A true believer. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I just bumped the mic. I'm sorry. I'm turning around and try to uh, pull up this scripture on my uh, Fire HD. I'm going to read this from the the NIV because that's the first Bible that popped up instead of me searching and going to the New King James. I'm going to take you through some very important scriptures. Some of you may have heard of these scriptures before and some of you may not have, but you are getting ready to see that if you are a true believer, a Christian, I'm talking about those who are in Christ, who confess Christ, who believe that God raised him from the dead and you really truly believe it, but you living in sin and refuse to repent of that sin. This is one of the ways you can cut your life short. And see in episode four, the final episode, I'm going to share about six or seven scriptures with you. So I will be reading first Corinthians chapter five, beginning at verse one. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. Now, this is the apostle Paul addressing the Corinthian church for the second time. Because someone had informed him what was going on in that church. You have to remember, before I continue, the Corinthian church used to be pagan worshipers. Okay. They were not Jews. They were paganistic and they had not repented of that behavior. However, here's the kicker. They really, truly accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was Lord and that he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand. They truly believe that because if you know the uh, letters to Corinth, you know that they were some gifted people. I mean, they were spiritually gifted. The guy, I mean, I think that's the most gifted church out of all the epistles that Paul wrote to. So let's continue. It says, let me start at verse one again. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Oh yes, a man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Now this is the NIV version now. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Now that's another thing that the churches today don't do. If they know people are living in open sin, they, they let them remain in the congregation. They let them remain in the assembly or the fellowship instead of putting them out. Now, let me continue. Now, you may not want to hear it, but you need to understand why we have a lot of Christians dying. Okay, listen to the anointed Apostle Paul. Okay, um, verse three. For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. Verse four. So when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. Verse five. Hand this man over to Satan. That means put him out of the fellowship. Don't allow him to assembly with you guys. He's saying, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. His flesh now, that's his body. 
meaning he will die early so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. That's the second coming of the Lord. Now the apostle Paul is saying right here, the person who is constantly living in sin among you, you need to put them out from among the fellowship. He shouldn't be there because it'll spread like wildflower and everybody in the church will be sinning. Paul says, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That means Satan will take him because if you truly believe in Christ and that let's say that protection is removed, just like it was removed from Job, except God didn't allow Satan to kill Job. Satan coming after you. Paul said, just turn him over to Satan, put him out, let him go hang, uh, with, and, and, and continuing his sin along with Satan so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the second coming. Yeah. This man may have died early, but on the day or the coming of the Lord, which is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, his spirit man will be saved and he will receive his new body. Now, I didn't read that to encourage you to keep sinning because you shouldn't be doing that. Verse six says your boasting is not good. Uh-uh. Do you know that a little yeast leaving the whole batch of dough? That's what I'm saying. If you allow people in the church to continue in open sin and everybody know about it, you shacking up with someone that you are not married to. You are having children out of wedlock, someone you are not married to. You are sleeping with the pastor. God knows you wonder why some of these pastors and this, these are facts, true stories, dropping dead in the pulpit. And then when they release the pastor's history, his lifestyle, you see why you can't represent God like that. Paul says, do you not know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Verse seven, get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Paul is saying here and see a lot of people don't like um, a lot of denominations who are constantly condemning people or not reading this, they are telling you, you're going to hell. Not if you are a true believer, you may cut your life short, but you ain't going to hell. And it says, verse eight, therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, my Lord. And then he goes on to say in verse nine, that now I'm going to stop it at verse nine. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. No, let me continue in 10 because I want you to hear this. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. Now, this is very important. Verse 10 and verse 9, because you need to know. We ought to judge those in the church. You know how some Christians are say only God can judge me. That's not true. We in the church are supposed to judge one another to get them right back on track or let's say to get them on the right track, but we shouldn't be judging the world. The world is already judged. The world is already going to hell. The apostle Paul says, not at all meaning the people of this world. I wasn't talking about you judging them. I'm talking about judging the ones who are among you. Paul says, not at all, meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In this case, you would have to leave this world. Yeah. But verse 11 says, 
But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or a sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy and idolater or, or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. He's talking about you don't even eat with someone who claiming to be a Christian and they really may believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says that I'm, I'm talking about, you know, those among you who claim to be a brother. That's a Christian, a believer. He said, no, you shouldn't even, even eat with them. No, but, but what I want you to key in on is several things. Number one, we shouldn't be judging the world. The world is already judged. They're going to hell in a handbasket. He's saying we need to judge those who are among us. So Christians who are not doing the same thing can judge their brother or sister who are. Okay. Those who are living in sexual immorality and living for everybody to see, you know, sister girl, not married, but she in the church every time the doors open, but nobody's saying anything. Now, if this person is not married and not willing to marry their child's father, let me tell you something. That person should be put out of the congregation, but you know what? Tradition, let them all come in. They all paying, paying, you know, giving money to the church. I, we want the money. We don't care how they are living, but you can still love that individual. You can still pray for that individual, but they should not be allowed to come to the church. Now, I don't know if you guys know, um, Fred Price, my, oh, my beloved apostle, Fred Price. Um, he had an employee that worked for their ministry because she, um, was fired for living in open sexual immorality. She sued uh, the ministry and she lost because the guidelines or let's say the um, HR uh, conduct specifically said that you must be married if you are living with someone, that person you are living with and I'm talking about as a couple, you should be married to, and you should not have children out of wedlock. And she popped up pregnant one day and, um, they knew she wasn't married. So what happened was based on the contract she signed and their conduct policy, they had to fire her. And this young lady, knowing she signed that contract, took them to court, but they won. Yeah, but they won. Uh, Crenshaw Christian Center won that lawsuit because they were in the right. Now, here's the thing. They didn't put her out of the congregation, but they refused to allow her to work to work because according to Fred Price, he said, look, even if you work for the ministry, you are in leadership. And if you are living in sin, you are wounded and you cannot be put on the battlefield. If you are wounded, you, you won't be able to help us. You are wounded. You can't tell somebody that Christ is able to deliver you from all unrighteousness, but yet you are living in unrighteousness in front of the whole world. Now you still love that person. You still pray for that person. But the point I am making here, the ultimate point is that you may be living in open sin, but if you truly accepted Christ as Lord and savior and you die before your time, you still going to heaven. The apostle Paul says, so I don't care what, what your traditional church says, your, your denomination says at the end of the day is what the apostle Paul writes because he is the apostle to the Gentiles. Anybody who is not a Jew, he is our apostle. He says this, let me read 9311 again. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. 
verse 10. Not at all meaning the people of this world. Paul said, I wasn't talking about the worldly people. I'm talking about your brother, you know, who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. Verse 11, Paul says, but now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother. So we can also put there anyone who claims to be a Christian or anyone who claims to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or a sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy and idolater or slanderer or uh, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Don't even sit down. Don't invite them to dinner. Don't even eat with them. I don't care. He would invite me over. I may politely say no, but I'm not going to visit someone's house who's living in open sin and claiming the Lord Jesus Christ. And then let me read 12. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Paul is saying it ain't his business to judge the people in the world. It's his business to judge the people in the church. Uh-huh. Those who are in the body of the Christ, body of Christ. Are you not to judge those inside? That's what Paul is saying. That's the latter part of verse 12 and 13 ends uh, chapter five. It says, God will judge those outside. And I already told you guys that expel the wicked person from among you. So yes, there's a such thing as having wicked Christians. So with that said, saints, because it's been 52 minutes, we can end episode three here. I hope, look, I hope you were enlightened. I hope you um, learned something. I love you. The Lord loves you. Um, just because you are living in open sin and you really, really, really truly accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and your flesh won't allow you, or put it this way, you you decided to give in to your flesh. It doesn't mean you're going to hell if you die before your time. It just means that you gave the devil a foothold and he's coming in to get you because he already know you saved and he don't want you preaching the gospel. So he's going to come take you out. Um, what I'm saying is we should do the will of the Lord rather than the will of our flesh. And for those of you who haven't accepted the living Christ or our Messiah or the risen Christ, stand by for an invitation and some information on how you can contact the ministry. Thank you and peace out. If you don't know the risen Savior, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Saints, tomorrow is not promised to you. There will be a time where Jesus Christ will no longer be available to you. And those who call upon the Lord will not be saved. So all you have to do is repeat after me. Go to Romans chapter 10. And we are going to read verses 9 and 10. You can include verse 11 so that it can give you understanding of verse 9 and 10. So saints, God made his salvation plan simple for every man, every walk of life, every ethnicity, every color of skin to come to him and be reconciled to him through the blood of Jesus. So let's say this prayer in all sincerity. Father God, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And your word says, if I confess this, that I am saved. 
So Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son and he is Lord. And I confess with my mouth that he is seated at your right hand because you raised him from the dead. Amen. Saints, if you made that confession and you were sincere, you should feel a change in your heart. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And no man can take your salvation away from you. So saints, I want you to join a faith-based teaching church. Contact Learning Bible Truth. You can continue to listen to Learning Bible Truth until you find a church home. Contact us and tell us what area you live in and we will conduct a search and tell you what church is teaching Bible truth and direct you to that church so that you can be baptized. Yes, you are not saved by water baptism. Water baptism is symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of that water, you come up as a new man. But you are saved before you get baptized. So saints, I hope that you were sincere. Play this tape for family and friends. Lead men to the risen Christ for salvation. Because there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And that is the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamla D. That is at dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D, and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out. <laughs>